Okay, bitch, we're live. What's up, my guy? Well, How's it going? I have a fiery diarrhea, but <laughs> doing good. A, a fiery one. I have heard. I have heard of the legend. Surprise now, me. how is how's my fucking audio? It sounds really good. Uh, uh, I, I am judging from. Uh, an iPad speakerphone, but it sounds really good. So, okay, okay, that's good. You, I think you're coming in with little to no delay. So my headphones are good enough, even with Bluetooth. Okay. Um, so that works. That works quite well. I'm enjoying a very, very nice Canada Dry ginger ale with zero sugar. Oh. <sighs> um. Um. So they they can be a future sponsor. Sure. Um, also, some Kirkland brand sparkling water. All that taste. No you know, sugar. you know, it's funny that you say Kirkland because I uh, we just pre-purchased because apparently that's like a thing. Uh, we pre-purchased a membership to Costco since Costco makes all of the Kirkland shit. And uh, we were supposed to go today to go, like, I guess, activate the membership because it works kind of like how Price Mart works over there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did not go. But it was it's sitting in my car, the piece of paper that says, you know, tells them, hey, give this person a membership. Kirkland water is really good. good. If you want, you know, bubbly water, no sugar, no calories. Kirkland is uh, is like the pinnacle of store branded uh, uh, brands. Come on, come on! You know, like the Bravo has ketchup now, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and mustard. Uh, all right, all right. So, you see, like I think without, um, without, without, with, without any structure. Uh, this kind of uh, exercise that we're doing, this experiment is going to devolve into us just rambling and raving about, you know, store branded sparkling water. <laughs> and so, so this is, this is my, my concern. I think the, the average listener would have shot themselves already if they had access to a handgun. So I think this yeah. is, you know, we wield in a very delicate, um, um, amount of power, and we should use that wisely. And that's where this little Google Duck thing comes in. So, like, if we if we tie ourselves to at least, you know, for, forget about the fucking duration, because if we want to talk for an hour, we can talk for an hour. But yeah, you know, sure. the segues, the topics, da 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 da. Well, what what did you <laughs> what what did you feel, Tommy, when you saw the big man's penis? Where exactly? Without that, doesn't really work. So, I need uh, a name. The cool thing is, I don't know, cool is the word, but Anchor lets you. Um, they have like an open library. I don't know how these people make money. So, I'm like very apprehensive because everything is free. They haven't asked me for any money. Like a, a premium uh, side of it because you have to make money. Well, I, I researched it for about 20 minutes. And what I end because I did not find anywhere. So what I think it is is they want to they want people to create content 
And if people are creating content already in this ecosystem, they're not going to go to, you know, Wandery or whatever when they hit it big. Um, They're just going to stay with, you know, a Spotify exclusive. So, I mean, they, they need additional content now since they're going, you know, and they have been going really big at the podcast, uh, kind of scenario and even now I'm starting to listen to this podcast on Spotify so they're doing something right right uh, so I, I but I, I I am very apprehensive when people let me record hours and you know and uh, oh yeah host it in here and put your name and, yeah. and and we'll even help you get paid and I'm like I have absolutely mm. zero ads because if I had like a, a little banner on the side I would understand but I have zero ads zero uh cluster of things that I need or want on my screen. So, but who are we to complain? You know, you know potential paying customer, I guess. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. I want you to see if my recording is also applying to your side. What do you mean by applying to my side? Okay. Like, when I hit finish recording, will you also receive the file? Of the- no, no, no. So what you do, what you're doing, because I just looked it up, it's pretty nifty. You are, uh, they built it. That's why the call has to happen from a mobile device, like an iPad or a phone and can't be from the desktop because you are essentially calling me and you okay. are recording that on your device and that's going to be hosted locally on your device and then from there on to the Anchor app. So I am, you essentially just called me. Right. So I can't see anything. I won't have access to the recording. I can't see shit. I just have like a screen that says Anchor. It says recording a time and it says the two people that are connected. I can't do anything. I can't see shit. You can't add like sounds? I cannot do anything at all. Me neither. So... I'm I'm trying to click on the on the sound effects for the interludes and and whatever, and I off recording I can, but while we are recording, I cannot access any of those. Yeah, so yeah. That's... I did I did notice that, and I was tempted uh, when I was buying the microphone for like twenty more dollars. There was this like MIDI controller USB. That you could like hook it up to the computer and put like sound effects in, and I was like, oh man, I could totally just just add like little little music sounds at the touch of a button. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Now we're getting you know a little too ahead, too ahead of ourselves on the equipment side. So I did right. it. Okay. I'm not Jamie. I'm not Jamie. <laughs> Young Jamie. Young Jamie. Um, yeah. So let's get let's get started. I figured. Um, you know, like, because I think it's got to be casual. We got to keep it cash, you know. So if we're going to say, and we can, like, we're at 7.30 right now. I think you have, you have a two-hour minimum when you call me from a mobile device. I just found out I can only record 30 minutes on the, on the desktop app. Uh, but if you if we're doing it on a mobile device, you can do up to two hours. Which, if you're going to edit it, it's not live. You know, if you're going to edit it, who gives a shit? Um, See, and I kind of just lost my train of thought. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Um, Oh, yeah. So what I was going to say is we're at eight minutes already. So we could 
theoretically and just scrap the first eight minutes or yeah. not add it to the first episode and just, you know, begin that. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. I also wanted to say, for the record, between you and me, uh, last time we talked about the first episode, uh, I suggested uh, movie criticism and how to analyze movies. You said, okay. And today, when I opened up the script, I saw uh, the Marvel, DC, and uh, Arrived Directors. That's cool. I, I had to do my research from scratch again. I just wanted to say, if I sound a little offbeat, it's because I wasn't as prepared as for the, the other thing. Okay? <laughs> the, the the disclaimer is well received. I remember you said that, and and I kind of just these these things that I did was kind of just like placeholders in the end. So I was like, hey, you know, take it off, take whatever. I did. They did come across like uh, uh, recent or somewhat, um, but I think our first real episode can be just like a straight up criticism. We analyze and. We can even go into the nitty gritty of like, um, you know, cinematography or yeah. production design. I think it's really uh, fascinating, yeah. that kind of stuff. That's cool. Hey, nothing but flexible. Uh, I did my uh, research on Marvel, DC, the overhypes, so we can drive. Okay, so let's. Let's jive. And I also think that the flexibility that I have with the desktop, like I can pull shit up. So I'm already going to appear more prepared than you, which is great for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got your little iPad stuff. You know, I got multiple tabs at my fingertips. I'm, I'm going to be so, 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 so prepared. All right. Cool. All right. Let's, let's start uh, pretending where you are, you know, yeah, so, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about um, kind of the, the current status of the film industry, right? Because the film essentially went through a little bit of a limbo during the pandemic. It's not anymore. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it in the context of the pandemic because is because everything just froze. Aside from, you know, Tom Cruise's viral you know, audio clip of him yelling at people for not wearing masks. Right. Every big production halted. Um, so, you, you know, more than ever. You uh, tinfoil hat music while you say that. <laughs> or like uh, the Twilight Zone theme or something would probably go, go well there. Yeah. Um, like everything kind of halted. You know, it's like a little... We're essentially kind of a limbo, and we experienced a drought of quality content, which I think, yeah. And also, for to Netflix's detriment, um, all the other streaming services caught on because all of a sudden everybody's home. So, yeah, everybody's got Netflix, but eventually I, people get tired. That's uh, from a few years, uh, let's say, like, since five years, uh, you know, Netflix competition only had like one or two shots that were actually hurting Netflix. Like for example, Hulu had uh, the show about the the maid, Animate's Tale. 
right? Mm-hmm. And Prime had the boys. But nothing was really, like, directly threatening Netflix's crown, as far as streaming goes. But now, you know, Prime has a lot of shit. Hulu has a lot of shit. HBO, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, I don't think Apple does. I think uh, as uh, I have like a little mini rant that I want to just go on and it's that Apple um, Apple doesn't understand people Apple understands design really well I mean look at how their entire mantra has always been closed systems the user doesn't know the user no it's this it's firewire it's the 10 pin iPod connector it's fucking lightning Um, it's uh, Apple doesn't really understand users. Apple understands good design, um, you know, quality, workmanship, attention to detail, but Apple doesn't understand people, which is why mobile me, um, which is why I even, I forget the name of that social media that they tried to do within iTunes for music. You remember? Sort of, yeah. I don't remember the name, though. Okay, well, that my point is made by you not remembering the name, by neither one of us remembering the name. And now yeah. this Apple TV Plus, it's like they're going to be hard-pressed. They're giving everybody a year free with any Mac that you buy or any iPhone. So my, my year expired because I activated it. My year expired, and I did not watch a single thing. So they would have to put a gun to my head for me to you know, give them 99 cents. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, they may or may not have paid for their uh, the Emmy noms for that horrible morning show, uh, they have not hit it with the audience. They have not. And they put a lot of money into it, to their credit. I mean, and they and they technically onboarded the right people you know, Momoa with that show. Uh, they gave Oprah money. <laughs> yeah, they got, I mean, they got Aniston Carell and Witherspoon on the same show. Yeah, yeah. And they still did it. That should work on paper, right? Exactly. I think Carell even uh, jumped ship and went to do a horrible comedy about a spaceship. So, yeah, I, I just think there there really is no player until, you know, the big mouse came into play um, and, you know, brought over the the joggernaut um, duo of Star Wars and Marvel. That's really the only the only real player here. Right. And of course, the mouse has the most money. So everyone else is fucked because Hulu. My problem with Hulu has always been conceptual in the sense that even when you pay for Hulu, you have to watch ads. And I just think like, no, 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 buddy. Either you're free and you give me a shit ton of ads or you, I pay you and I never see fucking Dawn dish soap commercials. It can't be both. Otherwise, you're just a Patreon. And, <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and like, not, like low tier. Like the the type that you know only gets like the the shin picks, not even the real feed picks from Amaranth or whatever yeah. the girl's name is. So it's like I I I've never liked it, and this is coming from somebody who really enjoyed Handmaid's Tale. I think I, I left off on like season three. 
So I, I, I never really, I was like, this, this thing is never really going to, and they have a lot of content, right? There was a point where they had all of the NBC stuff because they're partly owned by NBC. Yeah. yeah. In any case, so since the real player, the only real player was Netflix, that's why we saw like a surge in a lot of quality content happening um, on the streaming side, right? So all of a sudden you see Netflix picking up distribution. And I think a lot of people miss that point. They just see like a Netflix original and it's premiering on Netflix. So like, well, shit, I didn't know Netflix was making so many movies. And it's like, well, no, they're not. They're just buying the distribution for a lot of them. And I'm sure they paid pennies on the dollar for things like that Rosamund Pike movie. I don't know if you saw it. Which one? I care a lot. Um, no, I yeah, you care a lot. So I, I don't know exactly what um, Peter Dinklage plays, plays the villain. Um, it's a, oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Yes, I saw it. Yeah, about the, the elderly scam. That's exactly right. So I feel like this is a good, a good example of something that it's a really good B movie, you know. Uh, uh, it's a, it, that's the, that's the best compliment I can give it. It's a really good B movie. It has a not so original plot. The the supporting characters are weak. Dinklage's character is really weak, even though he does his best. Um, but you know, there's a there's a few things that work. Rosamund Pike is good, but this isn't Netflix's. You know, Netflix wouldn't wouldn't pay. 60, 80, 100 million dollars, whatever this movie's budget was, probably not 100. Um, let me see. I'm kind of just to play devil's advocate. I'm trying to look here to see the budget. But no, it's not. I was, oh, okay. I was looking in, uh, in the Wikipedia. But I was like, this isn't the movie that Netflix is going to pay big, big bucks for. But all of a sudden, you know, you have a, a release date of September 2020. <laughs> like, there's no, you, theaters are closed. What were you going to do? And I think they filmed this, if I'm not mistaken. I remember reading, this was filmed like in 2019, I want to say. Okay. And it was just looking for a distributor. So Netflix comes in, picks up the rights, and I to my my point is that people watch this. So many people watch this. There was a hit on Netflix. So many people watch this because they didn't really have anything else to watch. Right. You know? And I think uh, the the lack of content, the lack of productions, the lack of uh, entertainment, if you will, for people. Um, just really created an opportunity for Netflix to just excel and um, just take over in certain avenues. Yeah. She said, you're a player I know, and I bet you got hoes. Good news. I do have it. It's 20 minutes. So we don't have to 
make up all that magic again. Um, so, uh, to pick up where I was uh, leaving off, uh, before we get off with the Netflix topic and get on with the other things, uh, since 2018, I think Netflix has been a, a strong contender studios. Uh, I say 2018 because in 2018, they didn't produce, but but they became the international uh, distributors for Annihilation, which was an Oscar-nominated movie. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, skip a year forward, they produced Roma. Uh, I don't know if you remember Roma from uh, yeah. Guaron. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And movie. then uh, 2020, they did uh, Marriage Story, uh, Two Popes, you know, that they, they really started to became to become a strong contender for uh, big studios. So that is something that they do have over the competition still to this day. To this day. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And more to Netflix's credit, right? Like they've, the studios and Hollywood itself as a as a structure, they've made it really hard for Netflix to really uh, uh, kind of establish itself as a de facto actual distributor studio. Uh, right. You know, with the with the with the weird uh, with the weird uh, requirement that a film has to be screened in a physical theater just to fuck right. with them. So they just went ahead and bought a small theater and just show their movies there at a loss. Little things like that. So yeah, I agree with you. They've definitely that guy Reed Hastings. He has a really, um, he has a really good book. Um, it's recommended. Like at every like every entrepreneur that I meet, uh, they talk about certain books. Um, like the subtle art is not giving a fuck, or the the that weird um, SpaceX book, or Netflix, uh, Reed Hastings. Reed Hastings's book is one of them. Um. So yeah, but the basically the the overarching narrative from you know going into the the weeds to talk about you know Netflix and the other and the other uh, streaming services is that now we're in this weird kind of limbo because like the pandemic is not over, but it almost like people are acting like it is, you know, it, 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 and 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 you know, there people aren't really afraid of the virus anymore. Uh, film production has restarted. Right. Um, Netflix is doing a ton of actual production now because the um, the lab that I work with, they're doing um, like COVID testing for a few Netflix productions. And that's a few here locally in Miami. So God knows what they're doing, you know, in Atlanta, which is where they film a lot of the big budget stuff. I don't know. And all those big uh, studio seats. Right. Thanks. Or whatever. Right. So I think now is, you know, we're kind of just in this weird limbo where we're just sitting here waiting for stuff to drop. And the problem is, for instance, Warner shot themselves in the foot. I think it was a good idea to release Wonder Woman to streaming, even though they probably lost a shit ton of money. Right, right. I think uh, we should put a hole on that because we're going to delve into DC a, a bit later. But both Marvel and DC, in my opinion, have stepped up, or not stepped up, but have an open open window as far as uh, streaming uh, to help with uh, their reaching the audience capabilities. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And 
where, where, where I was going with Warners is they, now you have Dune, right? Which you can theoretically release in the summer. They just don't know if people are going to be able to go to the theater in the summer. I assume so, at least to some degree. If, if you know, if you can go to, if you can go to a, a to a restaurant in most of states here, and they're all at capacity, um, why can't you go to the theater? So I would reasonably assume in the in the summer. It makes sense um, for such a ten-point film like like Dune to come out in theaters and not, you know, not HBO Max like Wonder Woman did. No, it could. Yeah, but so I think uh, Marvel did it uh, same way with uh, Eternals. Eternals was supposed to be, you know, November twenty twenty, and they shifted over to November twenty twenty one. You know. Yeah, yeah. The difference is that Dune is coming out on HBO Max. Oh, okay. That's what that's what I think the mistake is, yeah. or maybe not mistake. They already announced it, so they're you know they already kind of promised it to the people that they're going to get. You can't kind of just now say, oh, you know what? Actually, it's just going to be in theaters. Fuck everybody, because yeah, they it, have subscribers. It creates a dissonance within the audience. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my point. Is I, I think the pushing back, hell, push it back some more. Push it back to the end of the year, whatever you want. But I think um, it's a gamble, right? And then I think it ties in also to what we were just talking about: Netflix being the big honcho. Is now the studios are going after Netflix, but like from the other side. So, so like you know, we'll create our own streaming service. With blackjack and hookers, the the, the they went the bender approach. <clears throat> now, since we're since we're you know kind of just tiptoeing around around the whole Marvel thing, um, I have a theory, and the theory it's not really a theory; uh, it's more of a combination of sentences that I like to call a theory. But I just think they have these. Marvel should know the importance of an of a grandmaster plan better than anybody. Right. And I think there's been times, and if you ask me for specific examples, I'm only going to be able to give you this one. But I think there's been times where they've had like strong success and they haven't been able to harness that. Like, and, and yeah, I know, I know it's kind of a, yeah, let me, let me, let me break it down. So like you, you know, they've been teasing everybody with this, with this end game. Uh, You know, they, 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 they've been teasing everybody with the, with the, you know, phase one, phase two, phase, whatever, whatever the fucking fuck. End game comes out. Right, they have all these films, or either announced or whatever. Uh, let's assume that there's no pandemic. If you look at the slate of Marvel or upcoming Marvel films, okay, right now, mm-hmm. this uh, what, I, I don't know. This is Phase Four, I think. Yeah. Well, Phase okay. Four technically hasn't started yet, but mm. it, it is what will be 
startup. Okay, so this is essentially post um, Infinity post War Endgame. Endgame, right? Yeah, post Endgame is Phase Four. Granted, okay. uh, Spidey Three will, is not considered Phase Four. Okay. Ah. Uh, okay. Because according to the rumors, uh, Spider-Man Three, it, it's it is and it isn't part of the MCU. Ah, uh, because it's kind of like the the. The multiverse thing, right? Exactly. Okay. So it's kind of its own thing, even though Tom Holland is in the MCU, that Spidey Three will not be. Okay. So like my 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 big point is not and I'll I'll summarize it. Everybody is just fucking you know, you, you killed it with Endgame. I mean, for like it or not, they delivered in box office and in audience reception. So what do you do after that? Black Widow, Shang Chi. Eternals, Spider-Man, okay. Doctor Strange 2, Thor, Love and Thunder. I think that's going to be a good movie because uh, I like Taika. Black Panther 2, okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Captain Marvel 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fantastic Four. Which FYI has been like postponed like five times, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I see no reason why that's taking so long to come out, honestly. I, I don't know. Like you get Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lily and throw them in the room, green screen, yeah. start shooting that shit. Uh, so I don't I don't know if if that alone makes my point. Um, how do you follow up that? I, I I guess it makes sense maybe from a studio perspective to one Black Widow was already announced, so you know maybe people really like it. I don't know. It just seems like a cringy movie. Shang-Chi and this is a ridiculous name and Eternals, maybe that makes sense because this would set up more characters that they can then develop into other films. Right. I just feel like right after Endgame, it's just been nothing. Okay. So TLDR, what is uh, yeah. the point you're trying to make with Marvel? That they should have had something after Endgame, something, uh, some kind of buffer, to, to kind of warm people, um, so that people don't get cold on the on, on the because I think you could make the argument that they don't they don't need to do that because they failed to do that a bunch of times during the first three phases of their grandmaster plan. Right, but I feel like their their inability or unwillingness or whatever the fuck it is um, to have something concrete, something strong, right after um, Endgame uh, is is maybe what opened the door for you know things like the Snyder Cut or other superhero music. And I mean, as as audience, we're only helped by these people. By other people stepping up or, or raising their game. Okay, so in the Grandmaster scheme of things, if we ask ourselves the question, did mm -hmm. Marvel lost the spark? Will you? Is your answer yes? I my answer is that they haven't they haven't really done anything. They they say they're working on a bunch of shit. I don't I don't think so, but I I think it begs the question, and I think there isn't any content for me to judge that, and I think that's my point. 
right, fair point. Now, here I will start uh, baby ranked on the opposite uh, spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't think they've lost it. I think that the one mistake they they may have made, and it may have been a purpose, is that they didn't left any stone unturned. Okay. However, I do think they that they have the spark. I do think that they are smart about it. I mean, phase one, two, and three were 21 movies. You know, they made 18 billion, average 324 millions per per movie. Uh, not, not only that, they uh, procured themselves to cover most demographics, you know, even though this, this may sound harsh, but they made Black Panther to gain the black community's approval. They made uh, Captain Marvel uh, for a superhero female lead. You know, they gained uh, the, the female audience. Uh, they haven't been, uh, made uh, Asian uh, a lead, but I think that's what's going on with uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, they made, uh, well, I don't know if they made it or was it Fox who produced it, but Miles Morales is a Latino uh, mm. Spider-Man. So mm. that went over the, the Latin community. Mm. So they they carefully covered every single demographic except, you know, maybe LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. However, uh, as I was uh, doing my research, the lead for Eternals is an openly gay superhero. So, you know, lips on that. Uh, you know, they've done everything. Uh, and to this day, you know, uh, April 11th, 2021, they're only missing the Eternals in Shang-Chi. Otherwise, they've, they've done a lead with every single demographic. And I don't think that's by accident. I think that's a purpose. And they've been withheld for one year. You know, let's remember Avengers Endgame was 2019. In 2020... They released, uh, uh, what was it they released in 2020? Uh, Other than what they released on... Young Jamie? <laughs> no. Disney, <but laughs> WandaVision. WandaVision and, and, and Falcon. 2021, right? Mm, WandaVision Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, January. 15, I think 2021. the the so, only big production that they did that has content post Endgame is Spider Man Two, right? Right. Uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Right. So I think technically, technically, yeah, that's the last, the last film in Phase Three and the whatever Infinity Saga, whatever they call it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you're right. Well, uh, to to just uh end my point. Uh, so in theory, if there wasn't a pandemic in 2020, we would have gotten on the vision. So that would have only been like a couple months away from Endgame, and we will we would have also gotten um, Eternals in 2020 instead of 2021, if it wasn't for COVID. So technically, they haven't missed the mark. It just feels that way because of the 2020 hell of a year. 
And, you know, according to their press releases, you know, WandaVision is directly connected to Strange 2. And uh, uh, Loki will be connected to Thor Love and Thunder. So their plan was not as far as we would have wished it would be. It's just that, you know, the, the nuances of 2020 has pushed push, uh, things back. So I that's my only grief as I, as I said at the beginning of my uh, baby rant is that they covered everything they could on Endgame. We are not left wondering anything after Endgame. And with the loss of Evans and uh, uh, Robert, you know, arguably the two biggest stars of the of the universe, uh, we're left with nothing to hold on to. To wonder, you know, ooh, what's gonna on? What's going on with the uh, with the next phase? Yeah, yeah, I'll bite. That's a big baby, but I'll bite. Um, those are all. Those are all. Those are all valid points. I think there's no. You're right. There's no. There's no big baddie. There's no Iron Man. There's no Cap. So all they're left to do creatively is to fill in those gaps with things like. WandaVision and Falcon the Winter Soldier and then I think I read somewhere that they were going to do a show with Don Cheadle <laughs> which I mean cool um, I hope not I mean I love Don Cheadle <laughs> but that character is not strong enough to, to carry a franchise I, I tried watching the first episode of uh, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um, I, I, I've, I dropped off like in the first 20 minutes um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I've been told that it's better than WandaVision by two people. And I actually enjoyed WandaVision. Um, it wasn't nothing special, but I found it to be... Exactly. Uh, it was... I found it to be different. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my issue with Wanda, I don't think it sucks. I just, I don't like for you to carry three episodes without telling the audience what's going on. Yeah, but see, that's what I, I, I agree with you. I On paper, if you told me that a show did that and I haven't watched it, I would be like, fuck that. Like, why am I going to waste my time in, yeah. in in a narrative that has no impact, you know? I have to wait four episodes for you to tell me, okay, you know, yeah. she's doing that. <laughs> yeah. I On paper, I, I would agree with you. But this whole thing with like the, the 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 first episodes and you don't know what's going on and you see people watch, I thought it was kind of cool. However, I think I also have the benefit of binging it. So like I could just be like, huh, and keep going. I don't know that everybody else. Well, actually, I know not everybody else had that um, had that luxury. And I think I wouldn't be as open to the idea if I had to wait three weeks and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, you know, in her grief. Like, like Vader, yeah, bless you. In her grief, she took over an entire town, and now everybody's just at the end. Everybody's just cool with it. They just gave her the stinkai. Like I would, I would. By the way, a horrible thing. I mean, she's arguably worse than Ultron. You know. Yeah, I was what I was gonna say. She she tortured these people. Um, <laughs> I I thought that was really. I I was. I think they didn't really stick the landing in making her atone and certainly making her like responsible and and as a as a villain 
because she's the villain, not the father, you know, the witch at the end, whatever, if they wanted to do that twist. I think Catherine Hunt was great throughout the show, except when, you know, they made her turn into, you know, Cruella de Vil or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I I, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was top notch. But I don't think they, they made Wanda really take responsibility for essentially torturing these people for what seems like months, right? At least weeks. Get out of jail free card. I mean, you get what, like 500 people hostage for weeks, and all you get is like, hey, that's not cool. Then off you go. Yeah, and then you can't you can't get Aaron Johnson. So you get the guy from the X Men films, but you kind of throw a little jab in there. You got fucking love that. You kind of throw a little jab in there. Oh, I can't believe she recast Pietro. Like. Yeah, you know, that's um, but that's pretty cool. Peter's yeah. awesome. He owns Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, so I mean, you know, this is coming from somebody. See, like, how can I say? How can I even suggest that they that they've uh, lost their or might have potentially lost their spark when I enjoyed Wandavision? But I guess in in if we really break down. My point isn't that they've lost their, or my my argument here isn't that they've lost their spark. My argument was that I didn't really see a slate of entertainment that was going to keep audiences engaged, even without the pandemic. Yeah, the the thing is that that's actually harder to do than say uh, to say than do. Uh, my bad, because uh, as I uh, stated before we developed a relationship with all these characters throughout 21 movies. And now, like, more than half of them uh, were done with the contract. So they have to recreate those feelings with us from scratch. So the, the rumors are, are, are going that, you know, there's going to be, at the end of Phase 4, uh, an idea of the new Avenger team that will go, gonna that's gonna carry the the next stage for Marvel. So in theory, you know, there's gonna be one or more guys from Eternals, Shang Chi, uh, I guess Strange and Thor are still on board, and whoever comes up next from the independent movies. So I think we are a little spoiled from the, the last two phases because we already had a team uh, built up and now we we have you know Spider-Man, Thor and Strange and as much as I love Strange he cannot carry the franchise huh. because he we need we need an Iron Man we need the a charisma guy to to root for and to lead the team and we need a, a hunk guy you know we need a, another Chris Evans that you know, it's the stoic, you know, goody two shoes guy, but he's also a hero. And I don't know if they can do that with uh, with what I'm seeing here. Uh, whoever is gonna do uh, Black Panther two has fucking big shoes to fill. You know. Yeah, because then they can't. They can't. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they can or can't do. But they have the problem with the sister that. You know, she said some stuff about anti-vax, so, you know, they made her, like, take some posts down. I don't know. Apparently, she's, like, super religious. 
<laughs> so I was like, wait, way to talk yourself out of a job. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who. I, that is a very delicate. Um, and, and, and I know you're not a fan or, or like I know you're not a huge fan of Black Panther. But I think Black Panther works, but Black Panther is a very delicate house of cards. Well, to clarify, I, I enjoyed the movie. I did not I did not enjoy the Oscar noms they got. It's my only issue. Well, I think because they're the I, same. You what? Yeah. I was gonna say we encounter the same thing we did when we were talking about Heath Ledger. Yeah, you're like, oh, exactly. you know, best performance of the decade. No, let's calm ourselves down. It's amazing performance. Um, exactly. I think it could be argued that it's the best Joker, but I don't think it's a, um, you know, it's a slam dunk over the others. Uh, but let's not let's not kid ourselves into thinking that this man, you know, overacted Philip Seymour Hoffman and Capote or Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Uh, let's just let's just not even have that, that conversation. It's the the cult of personality, the the social context of things, and I didn't really have a problem with Heath getting the Oscar. Um, not really. In, and and then also the same thing with with Black Panther, um, the noms that it got that is that is not an Oscar worthy uh, film. It, it is not. And, you know, if this podcast ever, ever reaches, uh, you know, uh, public ears, uh, I just want to specify, it's not because, you know, it's an all-black <laughs> with an all-black cast and all-black crew and uh, all-black lead. It's just that it's, well, it wasn't worth it because when it happened with, uh, uh, what was it called, the movie based on the, on the book, uh, with... Uh, with uh, Marcel Hall Ali getting the, the Oscar win. Oh, um, Jesus, my 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 is a fucking beast. G green Green Room, Green. What what the fuck is it called? That's the one when, where where he's a, a musician. Also, oh, the talking about the uh, the the one with the gay dude. Yeah, it's one word. It's burnt. The Blue Moon Boys. What, what was it? No. <laughs> Moonlight, moonlight. Moonlight. It was like it's one word. The Blue Moon Boys. What's that? What's that one gay film? The two black kids, like in Miami. Well, in my in Blue my defense, Moon. that's actually a quote from the book. Uh, it's called uh, it's called like that because of how their skin looks when the moonlight hits them. So. Oh, that's super gay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes sense. But back but back to the point, that actually is a, an amazing movie. I really liked it. And I really think that Masahala, for example, on that case, deserved the Oscar. Yeah. It's a... uh, I know there's drama with the, the win, but, you know, I have no issue with that movie. With Black Panther, it's a great superhero movie. Uh, I, But I just didn't think it deserved the Oscar knocks. That's all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Saria under fire, ladies and gentlemen, for allegedly making racist comments during a 2021 racist podcast. Comments. In the unearthed audio, Zarija can be seen making derogatory statements towards people of hey. color. 
You'll you'll never know if I'm the next Kevin Hart having to apologize for things said ten years before. You're not great at apologizing, but then again, neither is Kevin Hart. So, <laughs> so neither is a. Uh, uh, All right, good. Um, so that is a, a. We can have like a very very. Um, we can use this as a very um, inorganic segue into talking about DC. Right. Right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we jump into DC, we, before we jump into DC, uh, uh, I think we skipped over the, the, the gossips on, on Oh, that's Wolverine. right. That's right. So, first of all, by the way, before we even jump into that, um, Tom ha- I love Tom Holland. He's not Nathan Drake. Yes. No. Just let's just throw that Drake out. Drake is big. Drake is uh, a ladies' man. Drake is. Uh, he doesn't have. You know, he's not. Yeah. He's um, not a teenage boy. The only thing, boy, yeah, the only thing Tom has is the physicality to do. I guess the type of Nate jumping, but like that's not what made Uncharted good. It's the swashbuckling chemistry. It's Nate talking shit. It's the chemistry between Nate, him and Sully you know, and Elaine. Nate is not Anso. Nate is not Assassin's Creed. <laughs> no. no, fuck, fuck the, the action sequence. I, right. I don't want to see you know the equalizer version of Nathan Drake. <laughs> nothing is been, not nothing is true. It did. <laughs> so you know, um, I, I want swag. I want uh, a Drake with with verbal pizzazz. You know, is that is that too much to ask? Then again, like because it, it's, a, it's a weird thing because they also cast Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Like I don't even like I'm kind of thinking he'd probably make a better Drake. He's way too young yeah. to be Sully. I understand even they want to. Yeah, I don't get it. Anyway, so you know these rumors came out that, um, and I, I you know, I, I essentially just went through, um. I essentially just went through a few of them and kind of just broke it down into a sentence. Um, right. These rumors are coming out that Spider-Man No Way Home have a few, is essentially a live-action Spider-Verse. Right. Um, and that it's almost nearly, com- almost confirmed that both Garfield and McGuire are doing cameos right they both denied it though yeah so what i what i read was yeah what i read was that um (laughs) which it it just shows you how um how hungry people are for content and confirmation of any kind the voice the spanish voice actor for toby (laughs) mcguire or that has oh yeah yeah. And I was like, what kind of news is that? Um, right. so However, I... uh, my piece for uh, my tinfoil to lean to the right is that, you know, what is confirmed is Jamie Foxx's Electro and Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Now, the Jamie Foxx as Electro is a really, really weird thing because they they announced it in the beginning before we even had any inkling that there could be any type of multiverse, time travel, whatever, you know, multiverse, anything, 
right? And I was like, well, you know what? This is kind of a really cool thing because Jamie Foxx didn't really get, I mean, Jamie Foxx is a beast in everything that he does, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't really get to flex his chops. That was a dumb character in a dumb movie. Um, yep. Maybe this would be kind of cool. Then you could offer Molina, like, holy shit. Like, then this isn't really, that's a, that's a, that's a Toby, um, that's a Raimi villain. That's a Sam Raimi villain. So, like, now you're getting, so, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really need them to confirm that they're in the film. For all intents and purposes, I don't really give a shit if they are, if their universe is represented by, you know, if they're doing, like, a multiverse Sinister Six, that'd be really cool. Because then they can just pick, instead of having to cast a new Doc Ock, they can just take the one that worked from the one series that worked. Exactly. Now, if you're going to pick someone from the Amazing Universe, why not go with uh, Riz Ifans, who made the, the, the Doctor Yeah, she's the best lizard. Bar none. Best lizard. 100%. 100 percent Because the one, the one from Raimi was just... I don't know, one is really good. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool film. It's a cool film. Dennis Leary makes a, a good, uh, uh, whatever, the the cop that fucks with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, that one Stacy death was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mary having, you know, Sally Field being and, and Mary, and May, I'm sorry, was really good. You know, Amazing Spider-Man 1 was really good. Amazing Spider-Man 2 sucked balls. <laughs> Is, um... But Jamie Foxx is a big household name, so I guess that's why they chose him. There is. I mean, what are they gonna do? They gonna do? Uh, pick uh, Giamatti? No. Oh my God, the Rhino! <laughs> the Rhino! Can't believe! Can't believe it! The Rhino! Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. It's. I am apprehensive because I think it's bold, um, and I think they're also running out of ideas. What are you know? What are you going to do? Yeah. Another another uh, thing that uh, sort of sides with the theory is that they released uh, three different posters. You know, one with uh, Tom, one with the sidekick. You know, the fat, the fat dude, and one with uh, Zendaya. Mm. So that may hint to the three universes coming together. If you're willing to put the hat on. If not, then it's just, you know, it's the third movie, three different posters. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's reaching, but that's that's essentially what we're doing in this whole segment. So let's reach. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we should be seeing some... Uh, some degree of footage. I think it would be, it would be wise to, if these two guys are in the film, then play that up, because I think that's going to generate more buzz than anything else. Rather than leaving it as like a weird, you know, uh, Johnny Depp and yeah. Twenty One Jump Street cameo. At least show Toby. Yeah, you know, let Andrew be. A- but if you show Toby, you know, the hype train will be real big. Because people, as much as they hate uh, and mean with Toby, they, they actually love Toby as, as uh, Peter Parker. 
I mean, Sp Spidey one and two of the of the Toby universe were fucking humongous on box office. So if you show Toby, I, I really think that it's gonna drive the the marketing through the roof. Or maybe not show, but at, at least a hint on. Um... Yo, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally here. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, we should be getting some amount of footage, some amount of footage soon, or something. And we can then gauge. Um, I just thought it'd be cool, kind of. It's a cool what if, especially since now Marvel has its claws in, in Spider-Man. It's not just Sony, because I assume the relationship between Sam Raimi and Toby with Sony's maybe not ideal. I don't know. Hey, they had a Spidey four on on schedule. They just you know sucked so much in Spidey three that they scrapped it. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the OG uh, tentpole superhero film, right? Like you can talk shit about Batman or whatever and Superman, but like the modern superhero blockbuster starts with Spider Man, right? Like that's Genesis. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I don't know. So, speaking of the modern superhero film. DC is in a very, very weird place right now because yeah. they essentially had come out of a string of misses, both in, both in, uh, in critical reception and in box office performance. And yeah. through a... Through a string of, you know, coincidences and a worldwide pandemic. Um, well, actually, I don't even think you can blame the pandemic for having any effect on the Snyder Cut, right? The, the pandemic probably made it more real or maybe not more real. The pandemic well, maybe made it so that it would have to be streaming. You know what? I, I think that actually helped Mm -hmm. because a four hour feature film would not go well on movie, on movie well theaters. I also think it paints a really good picture of and you and I were talking about this the other day about how um, you know this guy is at, at top of both of our lists of overhyped directors because if what this guy needs is four hours to get his vision out um, of a film, and apparently that's what he does, because this this film was very watchable. I, I find myself enjoying it. Um, then he's just a bad director. He shouldn't really be directing. He's a guy that has vision, and um, he has a an eye for you know cool visuals. I'll give him. He should be directing music videos, which is what he should be doing. Right, or. He's just not made for the big screen on theaters. I mean, if he keeps, if he pumps out another four-hour movie on HBO Max and is, uh, you know, this quality, then you know I would watch it again. Oh well, clearly he also has a problem with editing his own shit and having like an overarching blah 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 blah. blah. So do a show. 
do a show. Exactly. But yeah. I think the the, the uh, yeah to an HBO Max original where you know the guys from Three Hundred again go out into space and you know <laughs> have yeah. battles with aliens. Westworld did it. Did you did you finish Westworld? You have not seen the new season where it's modern, right? No, I left it at season two, uh, like halfway. Mm. It's cool. It's cool. It's um, I I I don't think it quite ever gets to season one levels of badassery in terms of like a really cohesive narrative and plot twists and this and that. It doesn't really get to that level ever um but it has some very nice peaks and it has some it was definitely entertaining throughout even season three which i was like oh my god i can't believe now they're like doing this thing in the future and they're outside and like this isn't gonna work it's all right it's not great but i digress um so now they have this opportunity right where this guy was allowed to realize his vision um their characters were portrayed in a better light. It could be argued that reinvigorated audiences uh, uh, want for DC superhero content, for you know more Superman, certainly more Batman. Um, because I'll be honest, I, I really I like um, my God, I like Matt Reeves. I like robert pattinson but i do the just based on the pictures like i don't think emo batman is is the way to go with that one emo batman driving like a weird ford mustang batmobile i don't think i don't think that's the play here guys um you know we're already far too deep into production so do your thing but i i just i don't think that's the way as of today i'll try to hold off comments on on Matt Reeves' uh, Batman, because uh, we've only seen Bruce. Actually, I I can say that I like the costume. I like the I was seeing the Ra- Raiders of the Lost uh, podcast, mm. and they they showed how uh, the the bad logo is actually the gun, a reference to the gun that was used to kill Jesus, but like broken in half. And place in his chest like a bad Damn. logo. So you know that's a little dark, uh, a little cool, a little edgy, if you like that. Uh, but I, I want to wait to see Batman. Mm-hmm. I really care very little about Bruce because Bruce, for me, has very little depth of how much you can uh, do with the character. So far, I mean, you can see. Uh, Keaton's Bruce, uh, Clooney's Bruce, Bale's Bruce, uh, Affleck's Bruce, and what was the, the Val one, Kilmer. Uh, one Bruce? Val Kilmer's Bruce. You don't really give a fuck about Bruce. This is true. This is true. I mean, Bruce has his parents die in the first minutes of every fucking new Batman. And then he's just a rich guy with uh, sometimes a hot girlfriend, sometimes a Robin. So I think that is a very astute observation. Um, you're right. I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't give a shit about Bruce. 
Um, I already know everything there is to know about yeah. Bruce. I've seen Bruce portrayed every other way. I'm not. I'm not impressed with your Bruce. So, show me your Batman. If it's uh, emo, fuck it. But show me Batman. Show me what your Batman's gonna do. If it's gonna be, you know, uh, Tim Burton's uh, emo, that was an emo Batman. Uh, Clooney's weird fucking Batman. Uh, Bale's ninja Batman or athletic, big tough gadget Batman. Uh, show me what this Batman is gonna bring to the table. Also, please tell me and get your mind right if it's if it's if this Batman is gonna be part of DCU. So if I care enough or not, I think um, it's not gonna be. Well, I think it's a it's a very good point um, that we can tie back to the initial point, which is what does DC do now? Because I think. The recasting of the Batman, besides, I guess, the personal issues that Ben Affleck was having, sort of uh, identified a clear path ahead for Jeff Johns and the and the DC and Warner's people, which is basically we've got to start fresh. This thing's not working. They already have Wonder Woman eighty four um, on the slate, but it's like we've got to recast these this, these fucking guys because it's you know we want to do like an Avengers type shit and it's just not working with these guys. Um, so they right. recast Batman, um, and they 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 recast it and they didn't because right now there's rumors that they're gonna make uh, a DC show style kind of thing with Batman and they've recasted Keaton and they recasted Affleck. So we can, you can see what kind of clusterfuck they have on DC. And, you know, one thing is, one issue is that they do that. It's their company. They can do whatever the fuck. But that we as an audience are, are aware of how many changes they, they keep doing with the role. Well, see, and the, I, I guess that's a really good point. But then that, that also brings us back to the question that has been not asked, which is where, what do they do? Like they have this momentum, really good reception to Zach's, um, the Snyder cut. What, what, how can they harness that? Because it kind of seems like they're all over the place. Have the Batman project um, pretty far into development. Wonder Woman 84, they have to release on streaming and, you know, it was, you know, quite a few good memes came from the film, but in general, people weren't that impressed. Uh, the Flash movie, I think, was pushed back again. Yeah, it's right now scheduled for November 2022, and they don't even they don't script. we are, and they don't have a you know they don't have a Batman. I guess is the real problem because uh, if they were, let's say, to keep Gal Gadot, who you could argue even if Wonder Woman 84 wasn't a success, she still works as the character. Um, yeah, she's under contract uh, still. Yeah, there's no, there's no bad fleck. So they have to figure something out with Pattinson or with somebody else. But then, you know, I would argue why even make a Batman film with somebody else if you're not going to have it tie into the, to your universe. That's where the big box is and the big, and the big superhero groupings, they know that. How, what? Also, uh, what you're going to do with uh, Cavill? 
that's no more room in, in plot for Superman in the DCU that we have now. What what I think is none of these projects are they don't have any sort of um cohesion. Um they don't work. The only the only superhero films that work together are the ones that were made together. Like the the initial Wonder Woman was as far as we can see, it was a standalone film. So was Wonder Woman eighty four. Um yeah. Shazam was completely a a standalone film. Um, yeah, surprising. Yeah, I liked it. It has nothing to do with any of the other films. It's so different, and it doesn't tie in in any way, shape, or form. Um, this Black Adam film, uh, you know, I had it here in my notes to talk about it, but there really is nothing to talk about. Um, no, nope. it's and it's and awesome. yeah, exactly. And then the big thing is. There is so little content. I realized this the other day, and and you can you can check this. I mean, there's not really a way to check it except with your eyes. There is so little content, both visually and with any way, shape, or form, for the Black Adam movie that what they've been using are like digital illustrations from that guy, um, that Instagram guy, Boss Logic. Like there isn't even like a, as far as I can see, like an authorized poster or legit image from The Rock. Like what he's using is what Boss Logic did a couple of years. It was going to be Black Adam. It's the same image. Yeah, there's a, there's just a bunch of issues. I mean, I don't trust the director, the the screenwriters. I don't think the story is going to be good. Uh, it's going to be a rock movie. It's, if it's going to be decent, decent, it's, be, it's because, uh, you know, the rock's charisma. That's it. Yeah, like he doesn't... I mean, in, in a way, I'm even intrigued um, in wanting to see him play like a villain. But... A villain that's the star of the, of the movie. Yeah, how do you do that? And and even in that, he did like a little voiceover talking about like how we're now the power balance of these. Okay, so you're like, you're like essentially like you know like a bad Superman. Got it. I think the be- <laughs> I think the best screenwriters that we know would have a hard time making that relatable and likable. Yeah, I mean they tried it with uh, Will Smith and and Deadshot and no. did not work. You cannot make a villain like a and, and successful. I agree. And I think the problem with Deadshot is they didn't commit to the evilness. They always, maybe because of Will Smith, but they always try to make him something. You know, he wasn't, he was just a guy who, you know, made some bad decisions and he just wants to get back to his daughter. Like, no, give me the fucking villain. You know, exactly. don't, don't want to make him relatable all the time. Which is why I think that the Harley Quinn worked. I mean, when when Birds of Prey it's in your top three best uh, reviewed or successful movies of your universe. Not to be sexist, but there's something wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, but see, that's also that also ties into, you know, look, you had one Suicide Squad, now you have another, and you share some characters, but not all. And uh, hey, I think it's, you know, James Gunn is the right guy for that kind of a project. But what 
What are they hoping to accomplish? None of these projects work together. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that, that's listening that, that is not uh, as, uh, let's say, movie savvy as you and me, the reason I say that if Birds of Prey is within your top three movies, it's an issue. It's because you don't have enough heroes to carry your franchise, okay? Because your top three, you have to have your heroes to be your top three. You need to have, uh, you know, ideally would be Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Those should be your 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 top dogs. If if Harley Quinn is the top dog, then how many movies can you milk out right. of Harley Quinn? Right. You know. So for for their next step, let's see their 2021 uh, movie path for DC. They have the new Suicide Squad. That's a, a, a sequel, not a sequel, remake, not mm -hmm. a remake. Um, Black Adam at July 2022, Flash November 2022, and Aquaman December 2022, which is, uh, I think, the biggest hope since it's again James Wan and Jason Momoa uh, at the start of it. Uh, the Flash, I mean, I like Ezra. But I, I, I need to see more in order to... to yeah, I think the editing the, worked wonders in making the character less cringy in, in the Snyder Cut. So I, I agree with you. I think there remains to be seen. Uh, as far as the others, I don't know. I think uh, there's a multitude of reasons why Aquaman shouldn't have worked. Um, and it did. Uh, I know, right? Surprisingly. I I don't know if it was a fluke, if it was a one-time thing. Um, I don't know. But then there's, you know, none of these arms are talking to each other. So if what they want is to copy Marvel, and I, I, I think it would trigger some people for me to say that DC wants to copy Marvel. If what they want is a big superhero grouping, Ten pole summer blockbuster, which is what everybody wants. I'll pay money to see that. Mm -hmm. It's done well. They're not going about it the right way, and now they have a new wind of energy, shall we say, in 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 maybe this previous team, you know. And yeah, they they they're doing this thing with Pattinson, but they clearly had no problem doing some of these reshoots with Ben Affleck for the Snyder Cut. Uh, so uh, what do they do? Where, how do they harness uh, any, any amount of what little um, magic they have left or could potentially have and translate that into a summer tentpole blockbuster? Do they just power through with the with the with the core six and just keep going? Do they kind of just leave that be and begin another phase with semi uh, recasting 
So like Batfleck, uh, Batfleck either dies or is older and can't really cut it. So Pattinson comes in. It's like a <laughs> like he's not Bruce Wayne. He's just some kid. Um, but did, did you see? But will the Joker of Jared Leto what? come back? Will the Joker oh, of the Jared Leto come back? Such cringe. Such cringe. <laughs> and then the damaged tattoo in his forehead. I, I didn't really understand that. I didn't really understand why. Why? Why would they bring this character? Um, why would they bring this? The whole night. I, I don't understand. Why would you bring this? It was. Uh, why would you? It, it felt like such a tacked on thing at the end, and I was like, "This is." I guess it's fan service, and if people liked it, then hey, more power to them. I was like, you know, there's no way. And you have Moria. What the hell is she doing in there with Joe Manganiello? <laughs> and then they got Batman too. The the Martian Manhunter scenes. I'm I'm just the sorry, but I cannot you. get behind that guy. I know I got behind Vision, which seems like even cringier. I can't get behind the character. Yeah. He looks weird. His name is Martian Manhunter. Um. It's just not going to work for me, guys. Um, no, I'm not on board with that character. I think that's... Yeah, the worst of uh, Randy Jones. That's going to be a no for me, dog. See, this is where... <laughs> this is where we would we would use the the sound effects. Watch me buy the soundboard on, on, on Amazon. Exactly. I'm already looking it up. I need access to these audio memes to set the tone. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us on this initial pilot episode. Um, look forward to another wonderful, completely half-assed, non-rehearsed, bullshit hour and a half or 90 minutes if you want to get technical type of situation where two guys who really know probably about 25% of what they claim to know start to talk about a subject and claim to be experts in it. We look forward to having you there. Stick around. Take care now. Bye-bye.